Well, last Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we began a brand new series called My Story is His Story. And um, if you were here, you would have seen us share a number of cardboard testimonies. In fact, if you weren't here, I really encourage you to go online. We didn't have all those testimonies online at the beginning of the week, but they are all there now. And I encourage you to watch that service and see how powerful it was. And and where the story or the um, message series is really going is we are going to talk over the next six weeks about biblical characters whose story was changed by God and also real-life people whose story was changed by God. The speaker who is sharing with us today is one of those real-life stories. And so I asked David, as I was speaking with him on the phone earlier this week, about his testimony, and here's what he would say about his life. He would say he was born to lose. In fact, he was born dead for the first 18 minutes of his life. And the result is that now he has cerebral palsy. He was orphaned at the age of 14, and his life was hopeless. In fact, in his own words, he has said, life was worse than hopeless until he began a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to let you hear him, and he is going to be able to turn this cardboard over and share what that relationship with the Lord Jesus has meant to him. But I will guarantee you, you have never heard a speaker like David Ring. And so today, I know that you're going to fall in love with him. But more than that, you are going to fall in love with his Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ because of the message that he is going to share. So First Baptist Stockton, would you please help me welcome Mr. David Ring. God bless you, brother. Go get him. It's a joy for me to be able to come and to speak to you. I've been, I've been doing this for 42 years. 40. I, I know I don't look that old. Therefore, I judge when I was two. I've been all over this country. I have spoken in every state of the United States. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I love coming to California. I I love California people. Do you know that? In fact, do you know California is my favorite state? country. Let me see you one more time. You, you don't believe me, but, but California is my favorite state to country. Now, when I go to Alabama, I'd say Alabama is my favorite state. I'm all things to all people, amen? I have literally learned in whatever state I'm in, I'm content. Now, how many of you know by now, I have a speech 
impediment. <laughs> Afuga, I'm in California. <laughs> Everybody in California had a speech impediment. <laughs> Amen? If you don't believe me, go down to Walmart. <laughs> but I love you today. Speaking of Walmart, uh, I know this is a dumb question, but, but I've been doing this everywhere I go for 18 months. Uh, but how many of you never been to Walmart? <laughs> You've never been to Walmart. Bless your heart. You are. Are you lying to me? You've never been to Walmart. Well, stick around at 2.30. I will take you on a proper tour of Walmart. Those are two people. I I told my wife, I I said, baby doll, when I die, build with me a woman. <laughs> she said, say what? When I die, build with me a woman. She said, what for? I said, if I die and you stick me in a dumb cemetery with a bunch of dead people, you won't ever come see me. But if you build with me at Walmart, you will be there every day. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Thank God for Walmart. You got your Bible today. You uh, mentioned the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation. And I've I've been doing this for 42 years, and and I'm not pulling your leg on this. But I'm more excited about being in Stockton at this church than any other church because, listen, this series that your preacher is going to preach for the next six weeks. I came to embrace yesterday afternoon when I drove on the boat. It dawned on me, 42 years telling my story, it dawned on me that, that it's my story. And, uh, and today I'm going to tell you how to overcome and make it into his story. Amen? Amen. I know that still in the oven, it still needs to bake a little bit more for me, but I'm going to bake the cake for me. But I love that. But let's look at it. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto death. They overcame him. They, today, uh, we can overcome. I, 
I know many of you today look at me and say, you have a lot to overcome, and I do, I do. I, I overcome every day in my life stuff you don't even think about, like, like budget my budget. It takes me 45 minutes to budget my shirts. And I don't get to have but my shirt. These budgets are built. I despise them. <laughs> and the budget on my not on my collar, that from the pit of hell. <laughs> it put me in the flesh. But, uh, <laughs> but look at me. I can overcome much easier than you can overcome. Because you've done a good job. You, you've stuffed in your life. But, but, but you can see what I have to overcome. I, I can see what you have to overcome, but it's not what you are on the outside. It's everything you are on the inside. And thank God... But we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I love the blood of the Lamb, don't you? There is power, power, one walking power in the blood of the Lamb. Walk and wash away my sin. You tell me nothing but the blood of Jesus. Walk and make me over again nothing but the blood of Jesus. And not only the blood but, but by the word of all testimony. Now look at me. Every one of you have a story. Don't you? You don't have my story. You don't, I don't have your story. But we all have a story, don't we? And, and, and I found out in my life when I tell my story, the, the more I tell my story, the more I overcome. Therefore, I need to overcome every day. Therefore, I need to tell my story every day. Every day. And if you want to overcome every day, you got to tell your story. Are we on the same page? You say, preacher, I can tell my story every day. Why not? Well, my story's too wrong. No, no, it's not. Your story's not too wrong. In fact, your story is three words. May I tell you your story today? May I? Your story is, I am blessed. You say, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I know one thing. You are blessed. You'd say, well, I'm going through hell today. Well, praise God, you might be going through hell, but you are going through hell blessed. <laughs> so let's, let, let's say our story together. I am blessed. Say again. I am Louder. One more time. Therefore, the next time somebody come up to you and say, how are you? Just say, I'm blessed. 
and leave out all the other details. <laughs> they don't give a whip. They don't. Especially church people. I'm so afraid to ask church people how they're doing. Number one, I'm afraid they're going to tell me. Number two, I don't want to know. <laughs> Amen? How you doing, man? Oh, my bad, kid. How you doing? So I don't think I'm making today. That, that's pitiful. Every little pain we go through, we say, whoa, it's me. Whoa, it's me. Whoa, it's my feet. Whoa, it's my leg. Whoa, it's my back. Whoa, it's my head. Oh, get over it. Take a number and get in line. <laughs> Some people think, I have a handicap. No, I don't. I have a platform to tell my story, which is, I am blessed. Some people think, I have a di- disability. And no, I don't have a disability. I have a platform to tell my story, which is I am blessed. Some people think I have a problem in life. I don't have a problem. I have an opportunity to tell my story, which is I am blessed. Some people think I have a burden to bear. I don't have a burden to bear. I have a blessing to share. But now, now look, look at me, look at me. So evil palsy is not a punishment. May I prove it? Huh? I'm the only man alive that been the four children and never changed one diaper. I'm blessed. <laughs> I with my, my, my wife was having a baby. She will give me one every now and then and say, he'll go change the double. I said, no, me. I, I have sweep apology. <laughs> and she was dumb enough to believe it. She knew if I changed the, the, the double, it'd be all over the wall. <laughs> now, don't you wish you had sweep of parts? <laughs> Born to lose. Born dead of 18 minutes. When I was born, I was a stillborn baby. I was a blue baby. I was a dead baby. They literally took my dead body and put it on my table against the wall. And I lay on the table for 18 minutes. Dead, can you imagine that? Being dead for 18 minutes? I'm not supposed to be here today. Do you understand that? I'm supposed to be a vegetable. But thank God, I'm not a vegetable. You know why? Because it's not over 
until God say it's over. What the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And God always had the eye on the dead baby. When I was 11 years old, a little boy, my daddy got sick. November 1964, my dad died of cancer of the liver. Well, I'm the baby of the family. I'm the baby of eight. And I'm not only the baby of eight, but I'm an eight-number-one baby boy. You can tell by looking at me, I'm a mama boy. <laughs> because I got the mama baby face. You know, the face only a mom can love. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? Boy, some of you look like you've been beaten with a ugly stick. You know what I mean? U G L Y U ain't got no alibi. You ugly. You might be blessed, but you're still ugly. He told me to tell you that. But 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 being a space ninja, yeah, I don't like that lingo either. Uh, that label. But, but but my mama overcompensated everything in my life. Like she fed me because of when I feed myself the, the food for my fork or my spoon, and therefore my mama, my mama, it, it was easier for my mama to feed me. My mama talked for me in public because nobody could understand me. And if you are a mom today, you will understand what I'm talking about. You don't want your baby to suffer, do you? Therefore, my mama did not want me to suffer. My mama did everything for me. Life was wonderful. <laughs> Until the age of 14. My mama got sick. The day before Monday, day 1968, they, my mama had an operation on the neck. July, two months later, the doctor came to my family and said, your mama will never come home. She had cancer. She had six months as the months to live. I thought, oh, no, 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 my mama, my mama not going to die. My, my mama told me every day, David, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. I will always be there for you. I will always uh, defend you, my, my mama can die, can't she? My, my mama can't die because my mama is the only one that loves me uh, just the way I am. My, my mama can die. But October 16th, 1968, my mama drew her last breath. And my, I saw my own mama go from 185 pounds to 57 pounds. I didn't want to live. I wanted to die. Life was 
Oh, blood. Well, what say, oh, blood? Everywhere I bring somebody from their brain, and look the boy walk when you look the boy talk when you look. That boy can do nothing. My age no fun to make me fun of. And I couldn't go home to my mama. And I couldn't say, Mama, somebody made fun of me today. She couldn't pour her arm around me and make it in bed. People look at me. I, I would lay in bed every day. Every night with chills rolling down my face. Why? Because I, I was lonely. Why? Because I was long to be in my arms one more time. I, I didn't know who to believe. My mama told me I, I will never abandon you, but I've been abandoned. Somebody once said, Stick and stone and break my bone, but words will never open. That's the biggest lie I know. Do you remember that song? Whoa, 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 you both didn't down the street. Do you remember? Finish it for me. Me only, me only, me only, me only. Whoa, 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 you both. Live word, but a whoever wrote that is an idiot. <laughs> Live words more than you mean. Live is a nightmare. My sister that took me in, she's 50 years older than I was. And she had three kids, and she had a husband. She molested me for two years. She built a room in the basement for me to stay in. I wonder why in the basement. And she told me said stuff uh, like, Mama, Mama wanted me to take care of you. I'm doing the because I, I, I told Mama I would take care of you. That's sick. Uh, and, and what's sick of the day is my sister came to church every time the door opened. It's not what you are on the outside. My sister was a monster. And I've been living in shame and guilt all my life. Life was hopeless. I, I, I wanted to kill myself. I, I attempted suicide every other day. I wouldn't why. But thank God I did not succeed because it's not over until God say it's over and God say hang on a little longer help is on the way I know my sister was coming in the womb I left walked to blocks found me a church they were having a revival I walk in the door. I got from Peter. When I walk in the door of the church, that God said, Angel, angel, come quickly. You want to be in on this one because see that 60 year old boy, that the dead baby in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He is lonely and living in 
and angel, he don't know it yet, but I'm about ready to change the boy life. He don't know it yet, but I'm about ready to turn him every which way balloon. And stick around, angel, and strike up the band. But God, child, it's coming home tonight. And thank God, thank God, April 17, 1970, at 8.45 p.m., I became a somebody. I became a new creature. I became a part of the family of God. I became a changed life. Please come and help me. I'm shaking too much to do it by my teamwork. Teamwork. But but I'd say, God, I don't have nothing to give you. It's good. I don't, I love working with nothing. My heart is broken, God. Good. I love broken things. People don't want broken things, but I don't. I use broken things. My, my old life is shattered into a million pieces. It's good. I'm more powerful than super glue. And thank God God took away my older. It gave me new day. God took away my loneliness. Gave me a happiness. God took away my sorrow. It gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Look at me. I still walk with a limb. I still talk to you. But all the joy that floods my soul. Because Jesus touched me and made me whole. I'm not the same anymore. I've been changed by the power of God. I've been touched by the old time religion. I still have cerebral palsy, but cerebral palsy don't have me. People come up to me and say, Peter, don't you want to be normal? I look at them and say, what's normal? You think you're normal? (laughs) You got a long way to go, buddy. People said, David, don't you believe in divine healing? Yep. Do you believe God can heal you? Oh, we propose Yep. Every, but if we don't, I hallelujah anyway. And by the way, if God does heal me, who is he going to make me look like? You? Forget it. I went back to school the next day. 
that school was so dumbfounding. But when I looked, they had to call together an all-school assembly and they mean to stand on stage and tell the old school what happened to me. I'm talking about a public school of 1,000 400 students. I got on stage that day. I said to the body, I went to an old-fashioned revival last night. I, I gave my life to God. I don't want to stand that, but I don't want to, I don't want to die. I want to live because last night I found someone worth living for. And I found out I'm worth dying for. I'm not okay, but that's okay. God loved me anyway. Amen. And you know what they did? They voted me to be the most popular boy in that student party. Pretty good. They voted me to be. They voted me to be Minister Good Spirit. They voted me to be the vice president of my class. I even beat out a good-looking cheerleader. <laughs> and I got the yearbook to prove it. I'm the only 61-year-old man you know that been out of school over 44 years that still got the yearbook on the coffee table. <laughs> they, they want to put it in the... Addy, I'd say, had no leave it on the coffee table. I'm all the way through the year, but leave it on the coffee table. I'm on every other page. <laughs> they, they did not know the number one job of a vice president in the senior class will pick out photos <laughs> to put in the yearbook. I might be dumb, but not stupid. <laughs> God gave me a fulfilled life. They voted me to be the football, basketball, and track manager. Can you remember me, a manager? We had to take water to the in, in buckets of water, open buckets. Can you remember By the time I get to the team, my water be all gone. <laughs> and they will pounce on me. They love me. You know why? Because they saw a change in me. They started laughing with me. Because when you have a fulfilled life, you start laughing at yourself. I found out three things as a minister. Number one, I found out if I did not do my job as a manager, nobody else could do their job. Number two, it takes everybody to make a great team. Huh? Number three, I found out I, I could never be a quarterback. But I could help somebody. 
the beds pulled back in the nation. Wow. Church, what would happen if we adopted those three principles today and live by them? What if we say, if I don't do my job in the church, nobody else could do their job well? Number two, it takes everybody to make a great church. Number three, government calls you to be a pastor. Government calls you to be a worship leader. But I tell you what God did call every one of us to be. God wants us to be an encourager. God gave you a ministry of encouragement. Who do you encourage today? It's time to get out of the stands and get on the playing field. It's time to get the lead out and put the Lord in. It's time, it's time to get off your blessed assurance. You're welcome. It's time to quit going to the self-pity party. Nobody show up but you. It's a lonely party. Stop going to it. Because you are a child of the king. I'm calling you today to have all hands on deck. If God can use me, God can use you. I'm preaching my guts out. <laughs> if I die on stage, would you send the love of me on? Before the body. <laughs> duh. Duh. Look at me. When you get so fulfilled, you, when you get so full of the Lord Jesus, you got, you got to share it with somebody or you're going to blow the top of your head off. Yeah. Huh? People look at me. God called. If God can use me, God can use you. Preachers told me I will never make it. I only been doing it 42 years. I might not make it. <laughs> they said, David, nobody will invite you to their church. I only have spoken in over 7,250 churches. And, and all I got to say to the bunch of preachers who told me I would never make it, all I got to say, nah, nah, nah. 
I came down the aisle on Sunday morning and said, Preacher, God called me to preach. My preacher said, look me in the eye and said, David, uh, don't be silly. It's a figment of your emanation. Go back to your seat. Tonight, I came again. I said, Peter, God called me to preach. He said, David, I told you this morning. Now I'm telling you today, yeah, it's a favor of your imagination. God didn't call you to preach. Go back to your seat. Wednesday night, <laughs> I came again. I said, Peter. God called me to preach. He looked at me and said, David, don't be silly. God didn't call you to preach. God will never call you to preach. God can use anybody like you in the pulpit. Go back to your seat and don't come again. What will you do in that situation? You will leave the church. And on the way out of the church, you will either say it under your breath or out loud. The hell with the church. You know what I did? Sunday morning. <laughs> I said, Peter. God coming to preach. I know you're not going to believe me. Therefore, I got to spend my entire life making you eat cold. And I'm happy to tell you today, my 87-year-old preacher, uh, he, uh, for 42 years, he's been chowing down. What would happen if I left the church at the age of 19? Number two, why do you leave the church? I wonder what my preacher thought when he turned on the TV and saw me on that farewell, the old time God power. I wonder what my preacher thought when he turned on the TV and saw me on John Hagee or Robert Shula. I, I wonder what my preacher thought when he turned on the radio and heard me on focus on the family. May I tell you, because he told me, he said, David, when I, I turn on my video and I heard you with Dr. James Dobson, I was crying so hard. I had to pull over on the side of the road and wipe my eyes. And David, I'm so sorry. I judge a book by its cover. Do you know that's the only thing I do for a living? I'm not on my church staff. I'm not on my church payroll. I'm not, I'm not on anybody's payroll. I go from church to church, from town to town. I don't go to a church on a set amount either. I go to a church on a free will love offering. You know what that means, don't you? Huh? If you don't give, I don't eat. 
that the truth. I don't know what I'm going to give today. I don't have a clue what you're going to give to my ministry before you leave today. But I know one day I'm having the time of my life. Do you know? Do you know I could be on welfare? I could be on total disability. You could be paying my way, whether you want to or not. <laughs> but thank God I'm not on welfare. Because I'm a champion in the game of life. I'm not a victor. I'm a champion. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than conqueror. It's not my story. It's his story. They even gave me hope. It's not about me. It's all about him. They told me I would never finish college, but I did. I trained four years of college into five. <laughs> they, they told me I would never ride the bicycle, but I do without training wheels. They told me I would never drive a car, but I do. They told me I would never find a wife. My family told me that. David, you won't ever find a wife. Why not? No woman will love you. Why not? You're not good enough to be loved. No woman will give you the time of, time of day. You will, you, you will never find a wife. But thank God, September 5. 1981, I stood down at the uh, uh, down at the first Baptist Church of St. Charles Montreal. I looked at the double door, and all of a sudden, I saw a beautiful bride walking down the aisle in a white gown, and she was smiling from ill to ill. She was dynamite. <laughs> I might be crippled in the body, but my eyes are A-OK. -okay. <laughs> Duh. They told me I would never be a daddy. My own daddy said, David, you won't ever be a, be a daddy. And uh, five weeks, you know, the meeting down where they are, I just said, I do. She said, I do too. And we did. <laughs> Five weeks after we got married, my wife called me up and said, Babe, I went to the doctor today. I'm pregnant. I said, The most stupid thing a husband could ever say to a wife, How could that be? My wife said, I don't know. Tell me, big boy. <laughs> every time I look at my wife, she gets pregnant. <laughs> After the fourth one, 
I'll walk around looking at this. April, our oldest child, is 33 years old, member of team, master in psychology. Uh, and she got three little kids, two boys, one girl. We love them so much. We moving this week four houses down <laughs> from there. Uh, Ashley is 30 years old. She got memory in 2010. No babies yet. Named my boy, my only boy. He is 27 years old. My Nathan is single. Nathan is available. <laughs> and at the church, I will be taking application at the table. <laughs> if you want my boy, you get help, my boy. I'm sick of my boy. <laughs> Amy, the baby of the family. Amy is 25 years old. Amy graduated from high school in May of 2008 only by the grace of God. Amy either going to put me in the grave or in a mental ward. I thought cerebral palsy was tough until she came along. <laughs> she looked at me one day and said, Well, Daddy, I did not have to be born. I said, yeah, you better thank God, because if you did have to be born, I would say no. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> but Amy Joy graduated with Belmont University with a 3.5 GPA, and she have I had a nursing degree. I told her, I'd say, good, I'm moving with you. <laughs> I'm getting old. And I, by the time I'm in with you, I got the real defense. <laughs> and you got to change me throughout the day. And by the way, do you remember the four hellish years? Hey, you were the mom and me in high school. You were a pain in the neck. And I only say neck because I'm a preacher. <laughs> but look at me, look at me. Huh? I got the one up. And, and preacher, no, please don't tell me I preach too long. Take away the clapping, and I'm right on time. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm only kidding, but every time I look at my family, all I can say, I am a black slap. I think I every day look at me. 
I think I ever gave up the death of my mom. But my mama didn't undie. My four children were number born. If my mama didn't undie, I would never be able to find a wife. If my mama didn't undie, I would never be able to answer the call to preach. But thank God, God loved me so much that he, he was willing to work out all the details. I am blessed. And, and, and people, people look at me. In November 2016, hopefully on Thanksgiving Day, they make a movie today in Hollywood. And the name of the movie is The Boy Born Dead. And that movie going to be about my life. Yeah, I'm going to be. Uh, 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 I'm going to be in theaters all over America. Can you imagine seeing me on the big screen? <laughs> I, I, told my fa- I told my family, they make a movie about me, y'all. And my April said, how much money they going to pay you and mom? I'd say, April, I'm sorry, but I'd say on the dotted line, I gave my story away. I'm not making a dime, and I'm not kidding. I gave my story away. My son spoke up. He said, Dad, they made a movie about you and Mom years ago. Did they? Dumb and dumber. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, but I'm still your ATM machine. <laughs> but people, people, as I'm, as I close, what would happen if I left the church? at the age of 19. What would happen if I quit in the game of life? A champion don't quit. I always start. I always finish what I start. And today, I wonder, what are you doing in your life for the kingdom of God? Are you giving it 110%? And I believe, I believe any soul out believers give it all and give it a little bit more. Not only that people, but they, but God's children say, use me, huh? Whatever you want me to do in life, whatever you want me to serve in the church, I'm, I'm happy to serve. Jesus, pay it all, all to him, I owe.
Oh, you're doing all you can, number two. I'm filled with that crowd like this. I'm filled some of you never been safe, never been born again. You know about God, but you don't know God. And if you die today, I don't I don't I don't want to be a gloomy preacher, but if you die today, you will miss heaven by eighteen inches. If you die today, some of you will miss heaven by 18 inches. But I love you so much. I'm going to give you a way not to miss heaven. I'm going to pray a prayer. The Bible says, believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and convinced with that mouth, you shall be saved. And folks, I don't know if you're going to miss heaven, but I'm begging you, I'm begging you to do what I'm about to ask you to do, is to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud. You pray in your heart. And if you really mean it, you're going to be in heaven one day with me. Let's pray together. If you've never been born again, if you've never been saved, if you've never called on the name of the Lord to save you, if you are 18 inches away from God, please pray the prayer. At me in your heart, dear Lord Jesus, I've never been saved. You know I haven't, I know I haven't. I'm through playing games. Today I heard a champion in the game of life. And today the best way I know how I want you to come into my life. I want you to make me a new creature. I want, I want you to take away the old thing, give me new things. And I'm asking you to save me today. Father, I, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for touching me. And now I'm thanking for saving me. In Jesus' name, with every air bow, every eye glow, how many of you would judge God through praying that prayer with me? Every one of you, every eye bow, every eye bow, every air bow, every eye glow. If you judge God through praying that prayer, lift up your hand. Ah, let me see it. Lift it up, way up, way up, way up. All over the auditorium, God bless you. How many of you would say, I'm saved, but I'm not doing all I can for the kingdom of God 
And today I make myself more available. If you, if that is your prayer on your heart, let up your hand right now. Meaning scores, scores of you. Father, I'm so thankful. It's not my story anymore. It's your story. And Father, I thank you for allowing me to come and share your story with each people. And Father, many of them want to make themselves more available. Lord Jesus, I pray you might speak to their heart even now about that. Show them what you want them to do in the church. And let them do it. Don't let them hold back anything. And Father, those who pray that prayer, Lord, save me today. I pray you might seal every commitment with your Holy Ghost today. They will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Look at the tree. I'm leave that prayer open on purpose. I never close a prayer. You can finish the prayer before you go to bed tonight. But if you pray that prayer and say, Lord, save me, go by the dead today and, and, and just say, I, I pray that prayer and I gave Jesus my life. And somebody will give you some stuff. And number two, if you want to make yourself more available, go by the go by the uh, dead. Maybe maybe not now, but call up your preacher or your staff and say, "Man, I want to get plugged in, and whatever I can do." Lord, take me. Well, I love you. I went uh, 12 minutes over. I'm bad in bad average. I only went four minutes over in the first service. <laughs> I just feel sorry for the 11 15 service. I'll have him sit down and then I'll take care.